And where does Canada stand on reaching net zero by 2050? And why is the demand for fossil fuel outpacing the demand for renewable energy right now in our country? Joining us with details, Natalie Ledanois, Project Manager and Research Analyst at REN21. Good morning to you, Natalie. Thanks for joining us. Good morning to you. Good morning, Andrew. Uh, can we begin? Pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, you spending some time. So can you, can you break down REN21? You're a research analyst there. What is REN21? Yeah, we're, we're a global renewable energy network and we bring uh, actors from science, governments, NGO and industry and we provide facts, uh, peer review facts to help decision makers to, to speed up the shift to renewable energy. All right, Natalie, if you can break down the findings of the Global Renewable Status Report and what it says about the state of renewables around the world. Yeah, well, in a nutshell, because this is a very long report, uh, indeed, uh, we have had record shares of new renewables additions this year to produce electricity, but we clearly noticed that the shift to renewable has not happened at the pace that, that we need to to happen. Uh, in the past decade, if we see, we have had a, a minimal increase of the renewable share in the energy that we consume globally, and fossil fuels take the large part with 80% of it. So, I mean, there's been a lot of political momentum. There's been a lot of talk about renewables. Why has it not translated into action, do you think? Well, from what we have uh, found during this report is that even if uh, around the COP26, we had heard a lot of, of push from governments and around 136 countries have pledged to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2015. Today, less than 30%, less than a third, uh, translate those targets into real 100% tar uh, renewable targets within the economy. So this is the main reasons. We have, of course, the fossil fuel subsidies that are continuous and hasn't changed. And to give you a, and a figure, uh, it's around 5.9 trillion US dollars that are spent yearly, and at least in 2020. So this is a huge amount and doesn't compare to what it's spent for renewables. I understand on paper we can put these, uh, you know, projections and these proposals and protocols in place, but there's some outside influences. So if you can explain to us uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine and how it's forced countries to rethink energy policies and, and maybe uh, change the course of the trajectory. Yeah, well, what we have seen in the last, in the few months of this year is that governments have clearly accelerated uh, the measures to put in place a, to to have the transition, make the transition happen. Uh, most of the cases, uh, they have accelerated the pace of project developments uh, and try to push other type of measures. Uh, on the other hand, we have also seen and uh, measures that uh, are dri driven by consumers' protection mostly, uh, facilitating or subsidizing also fossil fuel access. So, so it has been a, a mixed balance of, of pushing to the transition, but also still incentivizing fossil fuels. And has Russia's invasion of Ukraine been a big part of that? The prices, prices spike of of, of gas and and fuels have been the, the main the main reason of this of this consumers protection, of course. And we have seen that even back in 2020 and now in 2022. Uh, today, renewables are being seen also as a possibility to uh, improve energy security in countries. So. Governments are trying to find a way. Uh, I don't. I, it's still, it's still ongoing. It's still an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. Let's see how how it ends by end by end of 2022. You know, we all have those uh, the eyes on 2050. That's the year that's been thrown out there time and time again. So I'm wondering, how does Canada? How does our nation measure up compared to, to other countries across the globe well, on the path? 
Yeah, we have we have we have taken a look of, of what happened in the past decade. If we, if we look at numbers between 2009 and 2019, in Canada, the share of renewable has barely changed. It's it's around 25% of the total energy that the Canada that Canada uses today. Uh, this is a major challenge because today electricity, as you all know, uh, it's mainly produced by renewables. If we take apart uh, the nuclear share of it, it's quite clean. Uh, but still, there's a lot to do in works on the transport sector and the heating and cooling. And this is a challenge not only for Canada, it's it's a it's a broader problem in, in across the globe. So there's still work to do there. Natalie, we've seen the highest spike in energy prices since the 1973 oil crisis. And we're feeling the pinch as consumers. Price at the pump is like we've never seen before. I'm wondering... Because this report is released, could that be something that sparks change a little quicker over the next several months or years? Uh, they, you know, I know your report's out now, but the pinch of these high prices, could that be moving the ball forward? Yes, that will. That's our hope, at least. Uh, we, we expect it to... to that the price high, the price spikes will help us move f- faster. What we have seen, and this is important ha- since last year, is that coal use has been increasing, so so CO2 emissions as well, because it's one of the cheapest uh, fossil fuel energies compared to gas that has uh, highly increased. So let's hope that the change is going to happen as we need it. But yeah, it's going to depend on price on price evolutions of, of commodities for sure. Thanks so much for joining us this morning for the conversation, Natalie. Appreciate your time. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Natalie Ledanois, project manager, research analyst at REN21. And, uh, you know, here's a text that pops in right away. Renewables are unreliable. So, you know, and then many reasons, so says Carol, why renewables are not gaining. It's because the goal is unrealistic. You know what, uh, Sue? You know what was reliable 100 years ago? A horse and carriage. (laughs) Um, maybe a little longer than that because Henry Ford came out with his little invention in 1905, I believe. That little invention, the um, car, so, the automobile. I am, I believe in fossil fuel. I believe in energy. I believe we've got the resources here. I Absolutely. I mm-hmm. believe we shouldn't strip an industry that we still very much need. But I also believe we have to start making different decisions and move toward it because, yeah, the same way, can you, <laughs> just for me, it's always a skit, like an SNL skit in my head, like, Come on, Sue, you're crazy. That four-wheeled machine uh, isn't going to beat my horse and carriage. You know what I mean? Like, there were probably the holdouts who Mm -hmm. kicked tires and said, I'm not, I'm still with my horses, and then finally gave in. We have to think outside the box, and will it take a trend? Because what we have is so easy and so smooth, so why would we change? But I I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around dates that we're attributing. Just Like a 2050, you mean? Yeah, 2050, 2030, we have certain... It's you know, a long, long bars long. to jump. But at the same time, you know, I do, I, I agree with you 100% in fossil fuels, you know, and, and it's the lifeblood of Alberta and that will never change. Yeah. But I, I do think we need to be proactive. We do need to look for other options, other choices. I don't think one, you know, makes the other one go away because I don't think that's possible. As, as we know, renewables are not necessarily as reliable. But we do need to forward think because we will kill the planet eventually if we don't.